Welcome to the Joy of Discovery. This is Ben Payton, and this is podcast number four. Today we want to focus on some words that are very important to uh, understand in their context. you got to get off uh, on the right foot when studying the book of Revelation. So we're going to call this today Soon Podcast. And you know what I'm talking about. In verse 1... Let me read it to you in Revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show the servants what must soon take place. You know, there's been so much uh, dialogue about the fact that this soon refers to the return of Jesus Christ, but it has nothing to do with that. That's why it's important that we must get established in the background and what in the world is going on so that we will get the proper interpretation and experience the joy of discovery. So the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants what must soon take place, he made it known by sending his angel, his representative, to his servant John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud, significant, we're going to tell you why, reads aloud the words of the prophecy And blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it for, here we go again, the time is near. A time reference in the first three verses of Revelation chapter 1. That shows you how important it is. What does it mean soon? Well, we must understand, first of all, that the uh, children of Israel had been in exile, and they come home in the post-exilic period, and they're still suffering a little bit. And uh, the message to these people from John is to persevere, stay true. Pretty soon, either God or his representative will intervene, and good times will return again. Here's your coffee, Ben. Thank you, Ruth. So soon means that it's in the immediate future. You know, so many people think that this was written to us, but I'm of the strong opinion that this was written to a certain people in a certain time, the Jewish people, the Israelites, who had come home in the post-exilic period, still suffering. We're going to tell you what that suffering was in just a minute. But they still were suffering, and John was trying to say to them, hey, pretty soon God or his uh, representative is going to intervene, and good times are going to return again. So soon does not refer to you and me. This wasn't written to you. And it wasn't written to me. It was written to a certain people in a certain time, in a certain culture, and we're a third party listening in, trying to discover the truth. Soon, soon God or his representative will intervene and good times will return. Here's another time reference. The time is near. We find that in verse 3. Listen to it. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of the prophecy... And blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. First three verses, two time references, both referring to in the near future. It is extremely important. Now let's talk about this word prophecy for a moment. Prophecy. It doesn't mean telling the future. What it does mean is that it's God's appropriate word to God's people in a particular time and place. And that's what we have here. 
His encouragement, his word of encouragement, his word to persevere is the appropriate word to people who are in bondage, so to speak, or suffering. These are the appropriate words. Get this. It was not a look into the future. For them, it's always a short-term future. Persecution would end soon in their lifetime. So we look at the time references. Soon. What does that mean? The way it's used today, it's nothing more and nothing less than a myth. They think this is talking about Jesus' return, but they haven't done their homework. And why is that? That brings us up to the man who came up with this concept. Ben, you've gone over this ground before, but you know what? You need to continue to learn about the background and the culture and learn about apocalyptic literature so you can get this thing right. Where do you want me to set your coffee? I said it right there, Ruth. All right, thank you very much. I'll take a drink of it in a minute. I'm sure it's good. John Darby... He came up with this concept. He was a uh, Anglican Irish priest. Well, at first he was a lawyer, got sick, got uh, really interested in studying the uh, book of Revelation, but he thought everything was absolutely literal in the Bible. And eventually he made a trip or two to the States, and uh, Cyrus Schofield was someone who was interested in him. And his desire was to put out a study Bible with John Darby's notes, which he did. It became very popular. And thus, particularly the evangelicals, they just accepted it as absolutely true. And as I understand it, around 1914 or 15, there was a gathering there. They made a few adjustments, but it became accepted as truth. And that's what happens. Uh, You know, the enemy of the truth is not the lie, but the myth, because after a while you begin to accept it and perpetuate it, and it just becomes something that people absolutely believe that it is the truth. John Darby was the guy that also is considered to be the author of End Time Prophecy. Here are the things that I wanted you to kind of get today. First of all, I wanted you to get the time frame of the word soon. If you keep it in context, you understand that it's not talking to us about the return of Christ, but it's talking about these people, these Jews, that came home after the exile, and they're still being persecuted, and John is telling them, hang on, stay true, pretty soon either God or his representative will intervene. Let's look at one other thing here, and we're going to pull this to a close. This book, The book of Revelation was written in 9095 A.D., and it was written to the churches. Wasn't written to you, wasn't written to me. It was written to the churches in the Roman province of Asia Minor, which is the western tip of Turkey today, who were under persecution because of their Christian faith. Let's talk a little bit about some of the Roman emperors, because this, too, is very important. Some of the Roman emperors were afforded divine status by the Roman Senate after their death. However, some wanted to be declared gods while they were still alive. Emperor Domitia wanted to be called Domitus Dias, which means Lord and God. And it was in the province of Asia Minor during the first century people had to go to the temple to worship Roman gods, 
and burn incense to the emperor in order to receive a ticket. Now you're going to find out what kind of suffering that the Jews were going through in the post-exilic period. A ticket allowed them to participate on equal footing in the economic marketplace. So during this time, persecution was not a roundup of dissenting persons, but an economic persecution in which people were dying. The apocalyptic message to these persecuted people, here it is again, hold on until God's agent intervenes and ends the persecution. This is the important stuff that you have to know so that you can see you know, kind of put on uh, their skin, so so to speak, and and realize you're trying to see the passage, the book of Revelation, through their eyes and understand what they heard and understand what John was writing to try to help them, to encourage them to keep the faith. You know this? Then start approaching. And, of course, uh, on one of the earlier programs, I gave you some of the symbols that are used that are really important. So you take these elements keep it in context, and you can begin to approach the book of Revelation and have a great possibility of seeing what the real truth is. You've been listening to The Joy of Discovery, and I'm Ben Payton, keeping it real.